0: Welcome to the Wing Chun Podcast, the Sifu's Stories, the place where the world's most renowned Sifus share their stories and insights. I am your host, Bogdan Ho Prosh. We're here with Sifu Kleber Batalia, who is a Kam Leung practical Wing Chun um, Sifu in Shanghai. And also a columnist for Wing Chun Illustrated. Sifu Fu can you tell us a bit about how you started your martial arts journey and how you got in contact with Wing Chun and um, and also with practical Wing Chun?
1: Sure, sure. Hello, everyone. I'm very happy to be you know hosted by this uh, you know this incredible program that. You know, it's a very nice project uh, that you guys are doing. And um, Thank you. well, I I, um, I started martial art when I was uh, very young with uh, you know uh, Japanese martial arts with uh, Jujitsu first, and uh, mm-hmm. then I went to uh, Western boxing, Screamer, pankaxilat. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, I didn't dig into it because I wasn't that taken by, by those kind of martial arts until I actually. Uh, discovered the uh, Wing Chun through a friend of mine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, um, I've been studying um, for eight years, uh, Wancho Lan Wing Chun. So I've been studying with uh, um, Sifu Clyde Potter in uh, in, London mm-hmm. also, uh, with, uh, mm-hmm. in London and also with uh, Nino Bernardo lineage in London. And out of a continent, actually uh, in 2009, Yes, in 2009, yeah. I met uh, Sibu Wangam Leoni. Uh, he was doing a seminar in Italy, and I was just, uh, in Italy also, be, uh, at that time I was living in London, and uh, I came back because it was my niece's birthday. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, um, by accident, one of my friends who actually represent, uh, nowadays represent uh, Wangam Leo in, in Italy, he told me like, ah, oh, you know, I'm uh, hosting this seminar, you should come check it out. And, uh, um, you know, I saw um, some video of, uh, of him before and I thought he looked like uh, a little bit weird, you know, like, uh, like mm, it's like, well, oh. I was asking, like, wow, if he's one of the senior students to Washington, why does he look so different? You know, I was yeah, just, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, exactly. yeah, I was very curious about it. And I said, OK, you know, I come into it. And, um, uh, of course, I went with one of my uh, very unusual uh, Chinese clothing that I was wearing also back then. And uh, he liked that, you know. Like uh, he came here and he saw me wearing this clothes, and uh, he was very impressed by this thing. And uh, uh, by you know, uh, doing uh, the the seminar, he just took me over to explain certain kind of things. Mm-hmm. And I I actually realized how my my windshield back then was poor. Of course, I, I'm not saying that he's poor bec- because of the other seafours I was studying. My my personal windshield, okay, it's not nothing to do with them but you know i really like uh, his approach his way of uh, of doing things and uh, i really uh, wanted to follow him whatever mm-hmm. this guy wants you know and uh, I really gave up my, my life in London just to, to follow this guy in Hong Kong. You know? Wow. And, um, yeah, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy because um, Hong Kong, you know, is uh, even though it's not China, you know, per se. Don't say to Hong Kong people they are China, they will uh, they get a little bit pissed. Uh, but, you know, it's a, it's a different world. And also it's not easy to to get a visa over there. So uh, I went there and I stayed uh, almost four years in Hong Kong, and oh, I really so. had to do any kind of possible job. You, you might think that uh, you know, like uh, wow. just to survive there and uh, being, going there been and really because the train. When,
0: when you felt his, uh, when you felt Wong Kam Lung's um, Wing Chun for the first time, how was that? How?
1: what, wow. what was the appeal uh, for you? Well, of course, my, my uh, Kung Fu back then was way different than it is uh, nowadays, Yeah, but uh, back then it just really uh, blew my mind because he's, uh, uh, you know, back then he was already like sixty, sixty-five hmm, 65 or something. He was already like kind of like, you know, what in, in the West, you know, we consider like, you know, my father is like same age as, you know, I met him and he was like, you know, OK, like getting old, OK. Yeah. Um, and uh, I was impressed by his speed, his power, his structure, his position, and I was like, "Who the hell is this guy?" You know, I was like, "Wow!" And you know, like he's very, uh, let's say, obsessed with all these kind of angles and kind of structural uh, approach that he uh, really blew up my mind. But then I was really impressed, and he was an approach that I never seen in uh, any other uh, of my winching seafoods before. So I uh, I was very very uh, mind blown. That's why I decided to give up anything in London. You know, I had a job, I had a house, I had a, a fiance. I gave up everything just to say, "Oh, I follow this guy wherever it is." You know, it's, wow. Yeah, it's,
0: yeah, I bet, I I bet your really family a, thought uh, you something yeah. went wrong. You, it's like uh, you you lost your mind or some stuff like that.
1: Yeah, you know, I'm um, like you. I really, uh, you know, like uh, I really love Wing Chun. And uh, when I when I found him, I just found like you know, this is my master. You know, and no matter what, I, I will have to follow him. Yeah. I was really, I wanted to, you know, to, to cry or something. I was so happy. I remember the exact date. You know, I just like I was really, really. It ch- it's a day we really changed my life. So I was really impressed because it was the first time that uh, I saw this. Kind of uh, kung fu applied in a certain way, and uh, yeah, he just really, um, you know,
0: me. I think a lot of people, and and for you as well, and for me, when I when I first saw practical Wing Chun, I didn't really get it. You you mean you see a video of um, uh, of people doing it, but you don't really understand what's happening. You don't really understand the engine. How do you feel it differs from um, from Wong Chun Long Wing Chun that what you were studying before and what you're teaching now?
1: Well, it differs in a way that, you know, like um, Master Wan has been um, upgrading his system compared uh, because he went deep into uh, what uh, nowadays is known as internal martial arts, even uh, mm-hmm. uh, if that is not the proper term to refer to this kind of arts. But let, let's say internal art because that's the way people call it nowadays. So he went deep into uh, the so-called Qigong. Yeah, and uh, that completely change, uh, let's say, his structure and also his his position. And uh, I always say like this, like a, a butterfly effect. When you just change something mm-hmm. small, it's mm-hmm. also just your position and uh, the way you approach the structure. Yeah. Then you have to to change everything. You know, it's uh, it's very funny. It's it's true that you know in the beginning when somebody look at Pratica with you, he just say like, mm-hmm, uh, I don't know, it looks like. I don't know, different, yeah, yeah. And um, it is, it is a very, uh, actually different approach. Uh, it uses a lot of um, uh, different angles. He, and uh, we have five center lines, you know, like it's something that uh, some people just, like, what, five center lines?
0: Yeah, yeah. it's just, you know, like. A, I mean, most people listening or watching, they're they're thinking, what do you mean five center lines? I only have <laughs> one. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I only know of one center line now there are five what does that mean? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well you know like um, mo- most of the criticism that uh, gave you know to um, to one Sifu is that people believe that he actually uh, kind of uh, comp- especially from the Shan Long line because you know um, uh, especially uh, Master Shan Long was uh, focusing a lot on uh, simplicity, yeah. The uh, they criticize that seeing the way you approach the system, they kind of uh, make it more difficult in some ways. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, you know, it, it might be it might be true for certain kind of people. To be honest, is uh, is a style that is. Um, is very, it's uh, very, it's very deep. He go he, he got very uh, into into details of uh, structure and uh, qigong, and so it's. Uh, I find it very, uh, a, a, you know, a, a, let's say a complete system. You know, I don't believe any martial art you can be called complete. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it's uh, very well rounded. He find his own, um, you know, he was able to. Um, to create this uh, his own system. Basically what he does is his own system, but yeah. he was still able to, uh, to make it look like Wing Chun yet. So mm-hmm. people look at it and just like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. oh, it like it's like he's doing silent uh, but this is slightly different, so it's like, you know, it's, that was, I think, his genius to, to actually okay. create something new, but still being able to uh, attach to the past. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so um, I believe that was one of the yeah it's a bit like Bruce
0: obviously. Lee like Bruce Lee created his own thing
1: yes yes in a way but you know like, that's the point you know Bruce mm-hmm. Lee created his own thing uh, but he looked completely different you know he took out forms he took out you know so even if you look like ah oh, yeah that is a sao that is a lap sao but yeah. You know, you still say, "Ah, this is not Wing Chun or something." Yeah, right. But when look at, when you look at him, you know, he still have like Shin Tao, tall, chunky beauty. And uh, the point is, the point is, you know, I've been asking this to myself. Like, the point is, what is Wing Chun? Because you know, we have to define what Wing Chun is. Mm-hmm. Because people say, "Ah, this is not Wing Chun," and I, and I, you know, I can I can agree. Like, okay, this is, doesn't look like the Wing Chun, you know. Yeah. But then, what is Wing Chun? Because you know, since I moved to China. I've been visiting so many different uh, Wing Chun masters, okay?
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: uh, we have to decide, okay, what uh, Ip Man did was the Wing Chun? Yeah. yeah. Or, or is different? Because if you go to the Sifu or if you, Ip Man, Ip Man is doing a completely different system. Exactly. I mean, literally completely different. Yeah. yeah and then if yeah. you go to, uh, to Guangzhou or Fasan, yeah. they have a completely different system. Absolutely. So it depends what we define to be Wing Chun. I believe that, the, the, you know, the, the, the genius thing about Wan uh, Sifu is that he was able to create his own theme but still really sticking to the main core principle of Wing Chun. Mm-hmm. So that is why he called it Wing Chun, Yeah, for him, this is uh, Wing Chun.
0: You know, um, we were talking about that in a previous podcast with um, with Jim Roslando, who is also a, oh. a Wing Chun historian. Yeah, he's also a columnist for Wing Chun Illustrated. And... Yes. Uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed that that podcast, and um um he was saying how, how Wing Chun is so so different from one generation to the other. If um, if everybody because each each C4 actually adds or takes something away, right? Because it, you you make yes. it you make you, it to you. fit yourself, right? How do you yes. feel? How do you feel your um? Or actually, let me ask you: What does Wing Chun? What is Wing Chun to you personally? Oh, that's a big question, you know. <laughs> what is Wing
1: Chun to me? Uh, well, Wing Chun to me is like uh, uh, moving the body in a certain way, okay? Mm-hmm. I mean, I believe that every kind of Wing Chun, you know, as um, as you call it, as an engine, yeah? Yeah. As an engine that tells you the way to move the body in a certain way, okay? Now, I believe Wing Chun, with the usage of the center line, Wing Chun is you know, a system that is based on rotating on the center line. So right. using this centrifugal power, yeah? In a way that no other style actually do. You know, like if you look at achi, they use the center in a different way, moving back and forth, or the pagwaga guy use it in a different way, or the Shingi use it in a different way. winchun use it in a very specific way that is uh, using the, maximize the rotational power around the central axis, yeah? And that is what, Winshun is if you take anything that can go towards attacking lines and you make the economize the movement towards it is winshun you know but uh, you know as one of my uh, good friends say like uh, what you know people talk a lot about simplicity and uh, economy of movement yeah but how can you economize a movement if you do not have a movement you know the problem with winshun as I always say is like you know, like uh, in Italy, we have this thing. is is uh, is a chain of books called Bignami, okay? Bignamini. It's a kind of summaries of books or uh, or things, yeah. That's uh, is pretty much the things you see on the back cover of the book. It's like kind of explaining what's the story of the book, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I see Winchun pretty much in this way because Winshun, the way we know Winshun nowadays, is a system that was developed. During the Taiping Rebellion, so where people have no time for including, as you say, per se, uh, Nei Gong, or some people know it today, Qigong. Mm-hmm. have no time to, they have something to be fast, very practical, very quick to learn. Okay. And that's how they say, okay, let's take these techniques and put it together, this work. But these were all people who were martial art experts, okay? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So if you don't know how to throw a jab or a round punch, And then you can make it, you know, this big movement, you make it smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. Then the short movement has a lot of power. But teaching somebody from the beginning is like reading a book from the back and then having an exam on that. If you read the book before, that thing, you know, the back cover, the summary is very useful because you don't have to reread the book. You just have anything that is essential in there. But if you didn't read the book, That is very uh, complicated. That's why I believe Wing Chun more than any other style went out. Everybody got his own interpretation according to the experience he had from his previous martial arts. Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That is, you know. So you talked a bit about how Wing Chun was formed. How do you feel about the um, the idea or the legend, let's say, that it was invented by a woman? Cool. Okay.
1: Um, the legend.
0: Huh? <laughs> all right. All right. Now let's.
1: Um, there are two different ways to approach this thing. Okay. Now the part is that the legend that it was created by a woman in Hong Kong. Many many people now already also outside Hong Kong know that it was actually made up by Iman during an interview. Okay. they mm-hmm. an interview they that, he, that he did with Iman. He came out with this legend. Okay. Before him. Okay. Actually this legend was also passed down in another style actually is uh, it's called White Crane. Mm-hmm. They have the same identical story because really? that's probably where it took from. Okay. Also the White Crane style was invented by a nun that is the same kind of nun. So it's like you know, it's a very
0: similar story. And that is the, the legend except part, that okay? the woman's name was not Weng Chun, it was White Crane exactly. basically
1: exactly yeah it's a, it's a different name for the woman, but you yeah. know, the story is uh, is identical okay yeah. so she saw the, the 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 animal fighting blah 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 and the the other point is that you know like uh, it depends you know like we have to ask ourselves, okay, what is the legend for what like you know like what does the legend represent because if the legend represents the fact that in Wenshun, you know, you don't want to use brute power, you want a system that actually can overcome power with technical skills, then the legend become useful mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that is the point that like ah, oh, okay, do we care if the legend is is true or not? That is the, is the main point, we can start and talk about, okay, the legend is true, the legend is not true, and you will find people that will bring you out, many kind of different versions and stuff, but at the end of the day, what is practical, let's say, is that, you know, give me the message that Wing Chun, you know, is, is a system that can be used by everybody. Mm-hmm. It doesn't require, you know, power, but technical skills. And, you know, that is at the end of the day, uh, what the message come out. And I believe that the legend in itself in this way is doing right to Wing Chun. Mm-hmm. Awesome. But uh, that is also the way that, you know, I uh, doing researches in China is one of the most uh, Complicated things ever you can imagine, you know, it's like uh, because everybody uh, uh, trying to, you know, to change the history according to you know, to bring things towards them, and yeah, so yeah, the yeah, thing yeah. is that, yeah. uh, you know, yes, every, every Sifu will tell you a different story. So it's like, okay, I believe this Sifu, I do not believe this Sifu. So you can only approach it in a cross-referenced way, right. and it's really uh, frustrating at least, you know, like, uh, so, it's a very um, frustrating thing.
0: Are, are you researching Wing Chun's history right now?
1: Uh not right now. I used to, I used to do before a lot of uh, mm-hmm. dig into the the Wing Chun history, and uh, it's something I believe that I kind of like uh, find my peace with. I think uh, you know it's um, so. If you have any particular question you want to ask me, of course I will be glad to answer. But yeah, right now I'm not uh, I'm not digging much into uh, into this because I uh, it's something I already did a few years
0: back. Yeah, awesome, awesome. What made you open a school in Shanghai?
1: Wow, that was, uh, actually, that was my seafood, yeah. My uh, my initial idea was actually to open a school in San Francisco, yeah. you know, and uh, uh, even though I've never been there, everybody's telling me, why oh, super cool, and uh, I had a friend back there, they say, like, oh, I can help you, you know, to do a startup here, and so, wow, oh, that sounds wonderful. But then one of my, um, one of my, seeing uh, that, one of my uh, yeah colleagues let's say yeah, yeah. Um, my sifu had the idea to open up a school in shanghai and uh, and he thought that my sifu said wow you know like actually it's a very good idea uh to send me you know like to to teach kung fu in china you know the first time he told me this i was like uh, really like sending an italian to teach kung fu in china to chinese people I was like, you know, to me, it's like, you know, you send a Chinese guy in Italy to teach them how to make pizza, you know, and it's like, uh... (laughs) so I wasn't that sure about you. But then he said, no, no, actually, because, uh, you know, in China, there are many, uh, especially mainland China, many people learn, uh, you know, for free in the parks. And uh, there is a lot of, like, people... uh, claiming to be actually master of art where they actually are not. So it was like, you know, like actually they're opening up towards foreigners. So maybe a foreigner teaching uh, martial art is the good thing. And I say okay, let's, let's try. You know, it was a big challenge. It was a great challenge. In the beginning, I had many uh, actually uh, Chinese people coming up the school to challenge me, you know, because they, they couldn't accept a foreigner teaching Kung Fu in their own country. You know, it was, um, yeah it was a little tough in the beginning but uh i'm glad i did yeah actually china brought me many he opened up my mind towards different kind of things and uh, i'm glad i did this uh, experience what was like
0: what was like your biggest challenge so far being a um a foreign teacher in uh, of kung fu in china
1: well is the is the um, well, you know, like, there is a cultural thing. I will, I will use the, the same example, like, you know, like the pizza place, yeah? Mm-hmm. So if you go to, if you're Italian and you go to a pizza place, yeah? You eat a pizza and you're like, wow, this is so good, this pizza, you know? Mm-hmm. Let me talk to the chef. And then you get in and you find a chef from uh, uh, Egypt or from Turkey, yeah? And you start to look like, hmm, maybe you don't get there anymore. Even though you know no, that the pizza is really good. Which but is actually cannot...
0: happening, by the way, because
1: he's actually, he's actually exactly yeah. one of the best pizza places I know in Italy, owned by uh, Turkish people. Or, yeah, exactly. Absolutely. But you know, while we actually are a little bit more open towards this kind of changing, that you know, doesn't matter where you come from, if you have a real passion for something, you can become good mm-hmm. at it. Yeah. For Chinese, no matter what, is really deep into their culture that foreigners cannot understand. Chinese kung fu, mm-hmm, and that is something you cannot take away from their mind. I mean, right. even if you beat them up, even if you beat them up, they will come to you as ah, but you're too big, or you use too much power, or you're too fast, or or whatever. Today I don't yeah, feel good, yeah, or ah, yeah. Oh, yeah, bring. I'm not that good. I bring my other friend is really good. so they they cannot really uh, accept the fact that you are better than them in kung fu, mm-hmm. and uh, it's something that I need to get peace with myself in my life in China. I will never be able, doesn't matter me or any other foreigner, we'll never be able to, especially for this generation, Yeah. because there is still like one generation of uh, Chinese masters, you know, like, I always say, like, you know, if one of my students, you know, because here I actually have 99% of my students are Chinese, you know, so I always say, like, if one of my Chinese students come with me, no matter where I go, and, uh, you know, and we both open a school about Kung Fu, he will get more students than me because, you know, like, and I don't blame him because, you know, people don't know much about Kung Fu starting up and they see a ch- uh, Chinese guy and they see another guy say, oh, of course, I go to the Chinese guy, you know, Kung Fu. Right,
0: right, right.
1: Because in Europe, everybody has this idea that here in China, everybody knows about Kung Fu.
0: Yeah, but, yeah,
1: exactly. Uh, uh, I can guarantee you that uh, that is not true.
0: Mm-hmm. Right now, uh,
1: during the, the Cultural Revolution, actually, all the good Chinese masters, they were either killed or in prisons, and the luckier one actually were able to escape either to Hong Kong, you see, Hitman, or uh, were escaping to Australia, uh, Macau, or Canada. You know, so actually, if you want to find real Kung Fu, you don't come to China, you go in some other part, you know, like, uh, there are still, like, the last generation of seafood that actually yeah. were able to, to live here, but it's going on, you know, they are now, like, around 70, 80 years old, and where when they will die, this generation will be just pass down. And kung fu in China will be probably dead. Really? Sad to say,
0: yeah, yeah. You know, I heard, very... this, uh, yeah. I heard this. I heard this stated by um, by a few people that it's very difficult to find good kung fu in China. Is it the yes. same in Hong Kong? Is it the same situation over there?
1: All right. All right. It depends what you mean by uh, Kung Fu, because, you know, if we talk just about Wing Chun, you know, in Hong Kong, there is many uh, Wing Chun uh, schools. Actually, Hong Kong is very famous for Wing Chun. Mm -hmm. So actually, uh, if you go to Hong Kong for Wing Chun, you can still find some good masters. Uh, Of course, because it's so popular, you can also find not so good masters because it's something very commercial for them. But you still have some some good masters over there. But for other styles, I would say that, especially Hong Kong, uh, you won't find much. So if you look up, for for example, for Tai Chi, Bagua, or other typical, famous, popular uh, Chinese martial art, you won't find it. In China, mainland China, you might still be able to find one or two. Uh, so far, trust me, I've been growing around all China, and I might have found around maybe... a. Uh, five people, you will say, wow, those people are really good at what they do. Mm-hmm. But compared to the population of China, there is a very small amount of people. Wow. And these people are disappearing because when they're gone, they're, they're gone.
0: And what, what do you, Where do you feel that's happening?
1: Well, I feel that, you know, like China has been uh, through, you know, this kind of, incredible uh, economical revolution. So here in China nowadays, everything is about money. You know, Chinese people, no matter where they are, you know, they work 24-7. They work 24 hours a day, seven days, you know, Um, it's crazy. They really have have this... uh, Exactly, because they've been in a in a poetry under this regime for so long that for them like you know being able actually to make money because before they, they didn't have money, you know that the, the right, regime just right, passed right. them food and stuff, you know, right. so for them it was just this wow, I can make so much money, and so you you see so many people with so much money, I mean like China right now is the place with more billionaire in the world, you know it just crazy, the the amount of money that goes around here, but for this reason now, nowadays, for example, everybody is going for like uh, degrees in engineering or doctors or, uh, you know, jobs that actually can guarantee you to make money and nobody will go to learn Kung Fu because nowadays they see like a waste of time because, you know, nobody can make good money with Kung Fu and, you know, none of them just take it seriously. You know, I'm here now for uh, around four years. I have yeah. some people also who can assist me, but for me, if I want to find somebody who one day will can can take the place, you know, for for me in China here is will be very difficult because people will not commit to that. You know?
0: That's interesting because you know my uh, my first uh, martial arts, no, actually one of my first martial arts teachers, uh, my karate teacher, he used to teach while Romania was still communist, right, and he wasn't yeah. allowed to teach uh, martial arts. So what they would do, they would gather up at night in the parks and they would train by, um, you know, um, uh, in secret. So what he was saying that after the revolution, when people, like you said, people were going after the idea of, uh, okay, I'm going to go and study for university and uh, create a career and, uh, you know, uh, enjoy democracy and stuff like that. People just got a bit softer, you know, he he noticed the difference in training. He could not train the way he used to, right? So, absolutely, yeah. Imagine the
1: same thing happened by in a large scale, like, yeah, <laughs> with two billion people. And you know, is um, uh, if you also see like everybody actually is trying to either come to Shanghai or Beijing or these places where uh, actually the economy is quite good, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. all China is moving towards the sea inside China, the population is very small, actually, not you know, they don't want to stay there anymore. That is why Shanghai right now has around 30 million people, something like that. It's just something crazy. A city that's 30, 30 million. people. Wow. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So half Italy is just basically inside one city. So it's, you know, it's something, I don't know how many million people you have.
0: <laughs> my, Romania, but. my geography skills are like, you know, I think, you know,
1: If you think like, for example, like in Germany, they have like 80 million people or something Mm more, just mm -hmm, mm -hmm. two two or three cities here in China, they just basically can overrun that very easily, you know? And it's,
0: uh, What is is your favorite Wing Chun related story? Like from your experience, since uh, you you started training Wing Chun, what would be like your favorite memory?
1: You mean from, from the past or from my personal experience? From
0: your personal experience.
1: Whoa, what is my. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, well, you know, like um, I yeah. really enjoyed when I went actually um, to visit uh, Master Fonchon is uh, in the Kulo Village. Right. Actually, he's uh, one of the masters of, uh, of uh, Sifu Jim Rosalando.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, exactly.
1: And he, he actually uh, just passed away a few m- months later. I just interviewed him. Mm-hmm. And uh, I went there with few of my friends to to get some training with him and see this, uh, you know, the pin san winchun also was very different. And uh, uh, yeah, like you know, they, we just try to, you know, we went actually uh, in a tour, like in you know, a winchun tour, we went to uh, Guangzhou Fasan to different winchun school to see visit different sifu's. Mm-hmm. And uh, I really wanted to go to this uh, Kulo village yeah? Right. But now the funny thing is that no one. Knew where this Gulo Village was, you know, because it's not like you know, <laughs> it's not like a place to say, "Oh, I want to go to to Shanghai, I want to go to yeah. Hong Kong." It's like, and we be I remember this thing that we've been asking for days, actually, like, "Oh, where is this Gulo Village?" Blah blah blah, and we couldn't find. Everybody was like, "What? What is this Gulo Village?" You know, and just by accident, the last time we were we, we were just ready to give up. We just right find this village and uh, we managed to get there and uh, basically I remember that the bus driver he just left us in the middle of nowhere he was like really like you know he left. we look around it was nothing and I said man we, we, you know like we're gonna die here or something and then we we just keep walking towards you know like uh, the vegetation inside and then we find this very small village and I remember that there were a lot of kids that they came to us they, they start to touch us like we were aliens or something right you know? right right and uh, I remember we, uh, we met this, um, uh, this Chinese woman. She was working in the fields outside mm-hmm. and we were you know, able to say to her, like, ah, you know, Wing Sifu. And, uh, and luckily there was with us this guy who could actually speak Cantonese very well. Right. So she said, ah oh, don't worry, I'll, I'll bring you to him. And then we went to his home, actually. And, um, and he wasn't home. That's just uh, his wife was there, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, basically, she said, Ah, he's coming back uh, from, the, from the fields. And right. I was like, Wow, you know, like he still, uh, he was back then, he was, I believe, 94 or something. Wow. And he was working in the fields. Wow. And I was like, Wow, you know. And then he came, he came up with his, uh, with his bicycle, walking very slowly, you know. Mm-hmm. And then he walked towards us, like, really, like, very, very slow. And I was like, Wow. I was almost disappointed that this guy could basically barely move. Right. And then, as soon as he sat down, you know, he looked at me and he said, okay, uh, you know, what do you guys do and something. And then he wanted to do some cheese on, on the chair with me. And then, uh, you know, as soon as I touched this guy, this guy started to flow around. Like, he was so fast. And I was so impressed. Uh, you know, like, wow, this guy really can barely move when he stands out. When he when he gets back into in shooting, he's still so fast, you know, like... Uh, and uh, he gave us uh, a pole and... Uh, Later on, they say that actually that one was the pole from Leon And I was like, wow, I remember I was like a little kid holding this kind of, holding this precious toy in his hands, you know, and just like, wow, this is like the Leon Jung pole. And uh, yeah, it was very, very. uh, he was a very nice guy. It was very uh, nice to meet him when he was still alive and touch him and uh, learn things from him. And uh, I really have a very good experience also because I went there with uh, two of my good friends and we have so much fun. So this probably is one of the best experience that uh, I had so far in the, one of the strangest one for sure. I had in the- Yeah, yeah. actually, Jim
0: case. Jim also told me told, told us this uh, story when you went over there and met him. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes.
1: It's like crazy. It's like really in the middle of nowhere, you
0: know. why do you think people train Wing Chun in self-defense and uh, um, you know, like martial arts in the middle of nowhere? Like, who's gonna attack them?
1: Ooh, uh, well, uh, you know, back then I believe people really were training in the fields, you know, like they. Uh, but th- that is the that is the main thing, you know. Nowadays, people think that. Um, People were in the in the in the field, like training their own student town, you know, just doing this kind of thing. But uh, uh, what uh, you know, like digging more into uh, what we say, we call the engine of the martial art or something. This is actually something that can be trained 24/7. The way mm-hmm. you sit, the way you sleep, the way you walk, the way you move around. That is something. It doesn't have to be trained just by training the forms yeah right. so the form can be just something that you train you know, in the past you know but, uh, but in the past i don't believe people would sit there training the forms doing the drills or something it was something that actually was more related to uh they were much more connected with their own bodies and uh, mm-hmm. you know because they have to work you know like in a certain way they use the body much more differently than we use today you know
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah i think so too absolutely Cool. What? Where do you feel is um is practical Wing Chun headed, and uh, how is it going to contribute to the whole community or to whole, to the whole Wing Chun
1: system? Mm-hmm. Well, that's a that's a that's hard to say. You know, like um, practical Wing Chun is something that is continually evolving, according to you know, like uh, his own experience, always trying to. Uh, to perfect it. Sifu you know, uh, uh, one is some somebody who's very, uh, very precise. You think about that all the time. So every time he's trying to perfect even very small details. Mm-hmm. So the art is continuously improving towards something, yeah, towards like uh, a perfection. Actually, you will never reach because, you know, yeah reaching perfection is something that actually allow you to go further but it's nothing that in right. the moment you believe you reach perfection is the moment you will stop improving. Yeah. Right. So um, I believe that, um, I don't know. I just hope that, you know, like people don't stuck too much into styles. I believe mm. that, you know, there are so many different interpretation of chun and they're all valid, you know, they all have like their own kind of, strengths and weakness and I believe that if you really look with an open mind into what the other have to offer instead of saying, ah, oh, this is wrong, this is right and just say, okay, like, uh let me say why this guy, this guy does this thing in this certain way and let me see why it applies in this certain way and actually try it out and you will see actually it works if you apply to that certain context, yes you know, he's working on. And, uh, uh, and we'll also, by doing that, you will also improve your own martial arts. So I believe, you know, that uh, there is no limit. You know, my, uh, when, you know, like a uh, practical winch of one game will finish, people say, oh, that is the practical winch run. But all of his students will do something slightly different than he does. Right. And is the way it's supposed to be. Yeah, because all of us have different bodies, different experience, different interpretation, and uh, that is just the way to go forward. The important is that the, the main principles are always uh, inside the art. That is what I believe very important. But also, yeah,
0: yeah, you know, I was also a lot in this paradigm of um, look, this is what I do, and uh, we have the answer and blah blah, and it's, it's not like that. you can learn from anyone. Huh. Yes,
1: yeah, exactly, exactly you know is uh what wh- you know when you're studying you know you have you have your own sifu and you really respect him and you look up to him, so anything he does for you is just like ah, oh, yes, absolutely, but you know there there are many people who actually have the very valid interpretation around, and uh mm-hmm. uh you know, i still you can really learn a lot of things. You know, I always say that, you know, anytime actually a beginner walk into my class and I try to explain something to him or he asks me something that is out of the ordinary because, you know, I love beginners because they always ask you something that you, you know, other people will not ask you. And I always can learn something from my students. I can always learn something from beginner people who ask me something. And that is what for me is Wing Chun, really like this coming back towards like being a, you know, being a nobody. Because the point you claim yourself, ah, yes, I'm a sifu, You know, I'm I reach this point, so I need to defend this position. The ego comes in, and yeah. and you know that's yeah. that's the moment. You know, you don't meet anyone, you don't touch hands with anybody else. So that is the moment you really stop growing, and you absolutely. really uh, put yourself up there. But you know, as uh, that is wrong. That is absolutely wrong, and everybody should put less ego, you know, into into martial absolutely. art. I mean, you know, all of us. Uh, at least have some ego because we are artists. Yeah, I believe, you know, we are martial artists. So, you know, uh, art is about showing what you have. So, of course, a little ego has to be in there, but too many people put too much ego into it and claim, ah, this is the original thing, this is the right thing, you got it all wrong and, Without even listening what other people are trying to say, that is. Yeah, you know, yeah.
0: a lot of um, a lot of people I think think that uh, if if they don't show up like that, like look, I'm the C4, I have the answers, then their students are not going to follow them. But what I've what I've noticed in my experience teaching is that people actually enjoy being around you a lot more and will stay with you a lot more if you just say, look, I'm 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 human, just like you. Yes. You know, it's I, I don't have all the answers, I don't know everything. It's. Uh, you know, I'm Absolutely. doing my best.
1: I always say also with, with my students, you know, I really like kind of push them to, to go to touch in with other styles, to try out mm-hmm. other styles and to see what's around them. Because Absolutely. I also believe if you do something very good and you believe in what you do, don't worry, students will always come to you and, you know, we always there because no matter what, if you teach something that is valid, people will always stick with you. Mm-hmm. you only scare when you don't have something that is valid then yeah, that's yeah. why you're scared that people actually look into other things you know
0: mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. but you know
1: that is uh, that is something that they have to really grow into the the mind of certain so called si- because nowadays Sifu was also a very uh, you know is um, is a word that is used by men you know? mm-hmm. actually yeah in china before somebody can actually call you uh, sifu yeah sifu is a is a very big word actually really? sifu is like you know like as the foo the foo is the father part of the so actually, it's something related to somebody who actually teaches you something manually skilled. So it's like an artisan, somebody who can pass you down something related to manual skills. Right. What, for example, the, the lao shu. Lao shu is the is the teacher that teach you like uh, mental skills. Mm-hmm. Okay. So mm-hmm. anything that is related to if you go to a school, you don't call it shifu, you call it lao shu. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's uh, and uh, you know in traditional martial art, you can actually only call your shivu shivu mm-hmm. after you actually, you do the tea ceremony with him, mm-hmm. that he actually accepted you as his todi, as his Todai, as his student. Yeah. And then you accept him as his teacher. So that is the moment you are actually allowed to call him Sifu. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but nowadays everybody just sign up, oh, he's a Sifu. Many right. people proclaim themselves Sifus and, you know, it's a beautiful word, but it's been so much overused by people that he's really uh, start to lose his meaning and just like, you know, people who, so,
0: yeah. <laughs> for the people watching, you go ahead and you tell your Sifu, S- S- Sifu, can I have the tea ceremony so we, I can continue calling you Sifu? <laughs> <laughs>
1: It's actually yeah it's uh, you know i um, I was supposed to do the tea ceremony like three months ago with my with my sifu, actually, and uh, I had some personal problems in life, so i I couldn't do it yeah and um but really looking forward for it because it's a very important step into uh, martial i mean like you know my sifu say like only after you actually can. You know like uh, do the tea ceremony with somebody you can say okay i'm studying this style seriously
0: okay? right right right
1: right, right. But, you know, it's like but kung fu is a very special thing because if you think about it you know like many uh sifu you know they um they uh, are upset if you actually go to check out other martial arts and stuff mm-hmm. but why you see this in uh, for example in the academy you know academic world you know like <laughs> if you go to uh, your mathematics teacher and if, you know, you are going to another city, we'll to you will ah, say, I know this guy is very good. Just go to study from, with this guy. And I know I read this book. He's very good. Yeah. It's like much more open. But yeah. while you know, Kung Fu become, as, as we say, Kung Fu become a profession. So people make money out of it. It starts to become kind of like off topic, talking like, you know, ah, this guy is actually good. <laughs> yeah. So when you now, talk Today, I back- think
0: yeah. the paradox is that the more you get open, the, actually, uh, the more people appreciate that.
1: Absolutely, I awesome. feel that too, absolutely, cool.
0: yes. I think we're just yeah, about out of time. Robert, uh, right. where can people find you?
1: Well, people can find me here in China, in Shanghai. Um, if, they, if they come, you know, if they want to join China and uh, have a look around China and experience some, yeah, some Kung Fu, <laughs> I can let them experience my Kung Fu and also bring them some to visit some some of the good you know, like masters that are left here in China that I know. Yeah, I will yeah. come this uh, this summer in June. I will come to uh, to a series of uh, seminars towards Europe in uh, in different countries. Mm-hmm.
0: So, if anyone wants to Which yeah, see are you my visiting? vision of the
1: winchun, yeah, they are very welcome to come. Yeah.
0: Which countries are you visiting in uh, Europe?
1: Well, so far, so far, I will probably visit uh, for sure Italy, <laughs> then uh, France. England, um, Holland, Denmark, probably Spain, really? maybe Finland. I, I need still to arrange. I can't some believe you through.
0: forgot about Romania. You didn't include Romania into your list. Romania,
1: <laughs> I would love to actually. Uh, I've never been there. Actually, I've never no, been it's to. Nice, to I told Spain, you it's
0: Nice.
1: I, I think it's a very nice place. Actually, really. Uh, it is. Yeah. Why not? Why not? Yes.
0: Especially, <laughs> especially because people understand Italian. But Italians can't understand ooh, Romanian. Ooh, ooh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I will have a very hard time to understand Romanian. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. Actually, Romanian people learn Italian very, very, very quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're it's
0: related, scary. man. We're related. Yes, man. we are.
1: Cool. Well, okay. Thank you so much uh, for having me and uh, allow me to to speak what uh, you know my mind.
0: And uh, I'm very
1: very happy to you know to join this time with you.
0: It was fun, man. It was fun. It was fun. Uh, yes. Thank you for your contribution and your time. Guys, You're welcome. Go welcome ahead and Google, uh, Google Kleber Battaglia. We also have a link to, um, uh, to his contacts where you can get in touch and um, schedule something for his um, uh, Europe tour. And, uh, of course, head out to some for some awesome free tools and more tips and tricks on how to improve. Your Wenchun and accelerate your progress. See you absolutely.
1: Yeah. (laughs) See you soon. Thank you.